our ideal oh. of vision. Excuse me. Just survive. You know, you look succeed. like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. <gasps> you, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. Oh. You see, I take these glasses off. She looks like a regular person, doesn't she, huh? Put them back on, formaldehyde face. That's what That's we got. That's enough out of you. You get out or I call the cops. Call the cops? You know what you need? You need a Brazilian plastic surgeon. I've got one that can see. Welcome to Generation Loss, the show about movies featuring Bryn and also featuring Jeremy. That's right, folks. It's the show with Bryn and Jeremy and also with Jeremy and we're watching movies and we're, we're talking about movies, movies and we're, we're talking we're really talking fast. We're talking about Bryn and Jeremy and Bryn and watching Jeremy. movies. We are talking very fast about movies <laughs> and because uh, we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot to cover. There's so much There's to cover. There's so much to talk about. How are we going to get through it? It's December and yeah, the, as you all know, the, Christmas is coming up. The Christmas songs... They're starting, mm-hmm. and they're in every bodega, they're in every supermarket, mostly places where you buy food. Mm-hmm. I actually don't really go to many other stores that would play Christmas music. <laughs> yeah. I go to the record store, I go to the bookstore, but they don't play Christmas music. Places where they sell clothes, places Probably. where they sell... I haven't been in a clothes candles. store. Candles. So long. There's a, there's a weird Bath and Body Works right near me. It's not really a Bath and Body Works? It is. It's a real one. It's like one. a brand... Oh, wait. It's a branded what? Bath and Body Works with like. Is it small? Uh, no, it's actually pretty big. It's huge. It's not huge. It's not like a big box, but it's like it's big enough that you're like, how the f- wh- why? It's like in the middle of the Myrtle Avenue corridor in Ridgewood, and really? like because you know, there's one um, at Atlantic Pacific, mm-hmm. um, in the mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that one's pretty like a it, it, so it's that size. It's a little smaller than that, okay. but it's like. But but the, the for folks at home who aren't from New York, the the Myrtle <laughs> Avenue corridor of Ridgewood is a, it's I'm not gonna say it's like bad, but it's all like 99 cent stores it's and like Bojangles, cheap, cheap no, I'm you sorry, know Popeyes. Uh, yeah, there's like a Popeyes, there's a Taco Bell, there's like a bunch of cheap clothing stores, there's a bunch of cheap yeah, rainbows, you know, crab stores, Doctor J's and shit. And then in the middle of all of this, for no reason at all, <laughs> there's just a Bath and Body you gotta Works. Gotta smell good that when you go into it, it just feels like you're at the mall. Yeah. You know, like it's like mirrored walls and like a huge TV screen in the back and it's like blasting music. It's crazy. Dude, I was crazy on Bath and Body Works when I was in high school. Yeah. Wild. Like I had like a, I had like a Rubbermaid tub. Of like of just soaps like, and lotions yeah, and lotions shit. lotions and sprays and stuff. And you'd oh, be yeah. like, am I going to be like cucumber bitch today? <laughs> 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 Am I gonna be a pumpkin-y? For who? <laughs> For your mom. I went places. <laughs> I was in a band. <laughs> I'm just picturing you but at homeschool just I being was, like I, I'm talking in high school. So I'm like, I you know, it's you know it, it was also 
also really lame places like Waffle House or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. And I also smoked a pack a day, so it like probably didn't matter. It didn't make a difference, yeah. <laughs> um, but I definitely loved the smells. <laughs> and I still do. I, yeah. like, I don't, I mean, I, I have graduated to more sophisticated smells now, but mm-hmm. like, uh, I'll still go in there and like buy, um, they have good like lotion and stuff. I get candles all the time. Oh yeah, good candles. I like to get a candle a season. Yeah. You know, because you'll burn through it in like three months. They're fucking huge, those candles. I just leave them lit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I just, I don't even light them. I just leave them open. They're that strong smelling that if you just like leave it open, it just makes the room smell like it anyway. Oh, you don't even light it. <laughs> yeah. I'll light it every so often, like if I want to have a candle, yeah. but like <laughs> you don't need to. Yeah. I like the smokiness. Mm. All, all of the smells I have are all like all about smoke and stuff. Yeah. <sighs> still a smoker at heart anyway mo- movies movies they're uh, not candles they're candles are not movies <laughs> it's like one of the few things that we won't classify as a movie that's on true this show. We, we should not be talking about smells at all although i've always had an uh, a sense that i wanted to do art that was focused around smells interesting nobody does like olfactory art yeah um they do perfume that you can buy mm. but you can't like go and be like this the a big part of the art in this space is that it smells like this. Yeah. Um how funny is it by the way that like that was such a future vision at some point was I like smell of vision. vision and it's exclusively I think because of the fact that it rhymes. I don't think there was any other reason to <laughs> With think what? like television. Television, yeah. <laughs> like I don't think there was ever another reason to think like, you know, someday in the future we'll want to smell TV. Yeah. Like, of all the things I would want to taste <laughs> first, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if I could ch- pick one, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to eat the TV. Yeah, like food channel. Yeah, exactly. Channel. Like if I could taste the food, that would be a huge change. Yeah, I don't think there's any show that I'm like, I wonder what it smells like on Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it smells like. It smells like the beach. <laughs> and like, how would it and even alcohol. work? You'd have to have like the most sophisticated system of like essential oils inside of your tv that you'd constantly be refilling like it's a fucking like a printer, printer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you'd be getting a fucking arm and a leg spent on like you're like oh we're out of fucking banana again <laughs> who's who's watching bananas and pajamas every fucking day <laughs> and like the whole tv won't work if you're missing one smell oh yeah it's just like a black screen with yeah. like a refill it's like fuck i don't care about the smell part <laughs> I don't even want... I'm watching Home Improvement. I don't need to smell that. I don't care what Tim Allen smells like. <laughs> it's just sawdust and cotton. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I would... I think, you know... I, 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 One of my favorite things about New York is, like, if you walk through Manhattan, it's just, like, speed-running smells. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, wet trash. The most delicious dessert you've ever smelled. A, per, a lady's amazing perfume oil yeah homeless guy (laughs) yeah literal human shit it's great i mean homeless guy is like a very distinct smell yeah no yeah it's different it's mostly piss it's mostly piss but it's something else like Mm -hmm. it's it's i don't know what like it it Mm -hmm. it doesn't smell like anything else in the world yeah it's it's uh your own soul rotting as <laughs> as you look at uh, human depravity that you can do nothing about. Yeah. Um, but what did you watch this week? Wow. Thanks for asking. Besides homeless people. Uh, I watched, I watched a lot of TV. I've been in St. Louis. Uh, I, my, my kid has been sick and other kids have been sick and, and, 
it's been a very busy couple of weeks. I haven't really had time to like sit down and really watch much. Uh, so I've been watching little bits of TV here and there. I'm watching two shows right now. Okay. Uh, I you, am, have you finished either of them? No. Um, <laughs> and I don't think I'll be finishing one of them. Okay. Uh, so I've been watching the new season of Succession, which is on HBO. Okay. And, you, um, you've seen the, the, the first, first two, two seasons. Yeah. And, uh, and this has finally all come out. It's all done. No, 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 no. There's still more season coming. Because I feel like you mentioned this before that you weren't going to watch it until maybe it was a different show. Oh, no, it was Succession, but it was because my HBO Max was fucked up. But now my HBO Max is not fucked Hooray. up. So I can watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a very good show. It's it's fantastic. Uh, everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. It's some of the best acting on TV right now uh, by a bunch of people who like before this weren't doing a lot like i'd say the biggest names are the guy who plays the dad is like in some shit but not a lot <laughs> i mean he's kind of like a character actor he's like yeah. uh uh he was like i remember him first in the ring he's the the dad who kills himself in the bathtub in the ring um, in the bathtub yeah you remember when they go to the island to find samara's like background and whatever oh, yeah. and the dad is like oh yeah i abused my daughter anyway i'm gonna fucking kill myself in the bathtub with all this electrical shit oh my god i forgot about that um and then he was like the the chief of police and super troopers and like he's like no, that oh, kind of okay. guy who's just like around a lot but yeah. like i wouldn't call him like a big actor mm-hmm. uh and then otherwise it's all you know it's like rory culkin i think or Kieran Culkin. Oh, uh, Brian Cox. Yes, Brian yes, Cox yes. is awesome. I love Brian Cox. But yeah, he's like a he's a character actor, right? Like you wouldn't say he's necessarily like he wouldn't be like a draw. No, <laughs> like, no, he's, he's not a big star that's like bringing rare, people in. He's rarely uh, headlining. He's yeah, re- yeah, he's very. I mean, he's in everything though. Um, you uh, another example is he's uh, Robert McKee in adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's all he's great mm-hmm. i mean he's actually played hannibal lecter he's like he was oh, really? he was the original hannibal in manhunter interesting um yeah cool cool guy great 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 actor yeah great actor love brian cox so uh for folks who haven't seen succession the story of it is that uh brian cox is the ceo of like a legacy media company kind of in the spirit of like a disney or like a uh um not not necessarily disney but like um Who's the uh, the Fox News guy? Murdoch. Murdoch. He's like a Murdoch type of character. American Murdoch. Like an American Murdoch. Like, uh, actually, I think he's Scottish in the show, but it doesn't matter. This family's American, though. The family's American, but Brian Cox is supposed to have been from Scotland, I believe. Oh, okay. But it doesn't matter. The point is that he's like a big media magnate who has a family who uh, the, the whole brand of his big media company is that they're a family business. So his sons and daughter are deeply involved in the company. And at the beginning of the show, he turns 80 and everyone's like, well, he's going to die soon. So who's next? <laughs> yeah, it could be 12 years. Or it could be It could be tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And and he's like declining in health. So everybody's like, you're, you know, you're not, not long for this world. So who's next? And uh, his son. Uh, like who gets named the CEO? Yeah, who gets named CEO well, next? Well, how, how can they not? Isn't it just uh, whatever's in the will or like? I, so I guess that's the idea, right? Is It's like he hasn't made it out and nobody knows and he's like 
a power hungry freak who just won't admit to the fact that he's going to die. So he just won't do it. And he's like obsessed with the power games that he can play by holding this position. So he's got these two sons and one daughter, right? And one of them uh, is named Kendall and he has worked for the company forever. He knows it in and out and he's very clearly the the right guy to take the job. (laughs) He's the David Spade and Tommy boy. Yes, sort of. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then there's, uh, Kieran Culkin's character's name is Roman, and he, I believe at the beginning of the show, has been like completely absent, just partying and having fun. The and Tommy then, boy. <laughs> and then the moment uh, his dad seems to be, you know, starting to uh, die, he shows up, and he's like, what's hey, up? actually, what's up, everybody? I'm here. And then they have a daughter, Shiv, who has been like involved in like democratic politics for a long time, and she's like a bleeding heart liberal. And that's kind of the pieces that are there at the beginning. And the question is, who is going to succeed Logan Roy? Okay. And that's the premise of the show. And they're billionaires and you hate them all. And that's, you know, aside the point, right? It's really interesting because it's the exact same plot as Club de Cuervos, which Mm. is a Mexican Netflix show that nobody watched because it's in Spanish. Uh But it's about a guy who owns a big uh, soccer team in Mexico and is ailing and like his stupid children are like, I'm going to run the club or whatever. Uh-huh. Is it funny? Is it's it great. like serious? It, is it dramatic? It's like a dark comedy. Nice. I might check that out. It's pretty cool. I mean, if you don't mind reading. Okay. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so uh, that's kind of the premise of the show. And, and it, it's largely about like character drama. It's about like, it's a, it's a very, performance driven show like i'm i'm thinking of your response to the sopranos and how you don't identify with anybody you sympathize with anybody so it's hard for you to get into it yeah i feel like you'll have the same feeling about succession because nobody's a good person even like there's like a <laughs> there's like a poor cousin who kind of like gets into the family's orbit and he's trying mm-hmm. to like leech off of them and, and you like him at first because he's funny and bumbly but even he by now in the show is just like a weasel and he's like a coward and he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the new season really good. It's fantastic. It's still very good. Uh, and Cox isn't dead. Huh? Cox isn't dead. No, he's still alive. He's still kicking. Uh, What's it's the big, uh, they're saying like uh, the timeline is like shorter than the amount of time they're making the show. So they're saying it's only been a couple of months in the okay. timeline of the show. But what's the big, uh, conflict like the overarching season at the end of the last season there was a big scandal about like sexual assault that happened on the cruise ship uh portion of their company that there's been like the systemic sexual abuse of women on their cruises that's been covered up and the you know the government wants to know who knew about it who did the covering up like how did this all happen and logan uh the dad is like kendall you know, you're going to have to fall on this grenade. And he's like, why? Like you could fall on this grenade. You're the father. You are the CEO. What the fuck, man? Like you're going to die. Like you (laughs) You need to, you need to hand this company over to somebody. Like you can't be taking out the only one who knows the company and having me go to jail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and he's like, well, it's going to have to be you. And you're like, it's just like a piece of shit move. Right. And, and so at the end of the last season, Kendall goes on TV and he's like, uh, actually, my father knew about everything and, and fuck off. <laughs> and and that's like the cut to at the end of the season. So then this whole season has been about the betrayal, the blowback of that. So he's like the he's the Judas of the family. The the siblings turn against him. They're icing him out. The dad is is trying to cut him out of the company and whatever. 
and he is just going through this like wild midlife crisis through this he has this like crazy 40th birthday party that's just like ridiculous and then he like thinks about killing himself it's it's a very dramatic show yeah uh performances off the charts everybody is acting their fucking asses off except for dasha from red scare who's in this season (laughs) she plays a social media manager who works for kendall okay and she sticks out like a sore thumb she's no good she's not an actor (laughs) (laughs) she can't she's an actor she can't act she's really bad and it's really noticeable because everybody even like bit characters on this show are always like making so much out of their little moments and like they really are like like getting a lot out of their time their little bit of screen time and she is just she's just doing nothing she's not even doing dasha she's just doing nothing well i hope she enjoys her 15 minutes it's really rough Uh, (laughs) um i I mean is it as funny as white lotus or is it more dark uh i'd say it's more dark but the the laughs that you get are like it's it's different it's different white lotus is more outwardly funny and you are laughing way more Mm -hmm. like succession when you get a laugh it's like a laugh that you're cringing through as well. Yeah, yeah. Like it's an uncomfortable laugh most of the time. Like it's a, a really black comedy. <laughs> like a good example would be like it, it's just like weird ways that people talk. You'll be laughing at like, like mm-hmm. the way that Kendall will say something like, "Yeah, let's go full nut nut," you know, like instead of saying like going crazy or something like that. Like so more Sopranos style humor. Yes, I'd like, say more Sopranos. Yeah, these people are such dipshits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, that sounds cool. So then, the other thing I wanted to tell you about, uh, which I'm not going to finish, and I'll talk very briefly about it, okay. is uh, I watched the first episode of the live action Cowboy Bebop. Oh, and I will <laughs> say I will say very little on this because it's uh, funny because there's been a lot of positive responses. From so people. that's what I was going to say is I do have a I will say it's way better than I thought it was going to really? be. However, what I thought it was going to be is so low. <laughs> that way better is still not worth it's an expectations thing yeah Yeah, like my expectations literally could not have been lower uh they'd come out the other side of the world if they were any low they'd be in china uh it is still pretty bad but i'll say the visuals actually look pretty good Mm -hmm. it actually looks really good a lot of the time in the first episode i'm not gonna speak for the rest of it uh the guy who's playing jet really good oh yeah love him he's That's fantastic good. he really like he he carried me through the first episode i would have turned it off way sooner <laughs> uh he's really good uh spike no good no good Faye, even worse <laughs> really rough stuff spike isn't even charming he's not charming at all he's no. very weird it doesn't work at all even a little bit uh Faye is just bizarre and then they're like throwing vicious in really early and vicious is going to be like, it seems like vicious. They're going to have him as a B plot almost throughout the whole series uh, because they don't have faith in themselves to do like a, you know, the same story, the same style of like, you know, just little pieces, single pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they have to make it a a whole show Uh, vicious. So stupid, (laughs) not working at all. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a shame. It's funny because I've read people saying that it's um, that it does get better, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not willing. I'm not going to give the. Give I'm it. not willing. The jet guy. I, I hope he it. gets a lot of work. How much better could it get? Could it get better than the original show? Could it get as good? And I don't think no. so. <laughs> it can't. It won't. It's just like, 
it's worth checking out. I would check out like I would I would turn it on. I would watch the first 10 minutes of the first episode and you've got it. Cool. You've got everything that there is to get from it. You'll say like, oh, look, it actually looks pretty good. And you'll say, wow, Jet, really good Jet. You're doing Jet. Because he's doing the thing like where he's doing the Jet voice. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is maybe hinging on just doing an impersonation of Jet. Oh, really? He's just doing the very like stoic. uh, He's doing the Jet voice. He sounds exactly like Jet. But then you're like, but you are actually acting too. So. Good on Kudos him. to you, man. You're doing what you should you do what you should be doing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. I don't see why they would have done that. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, what did you watch this week? Oh, I watched a Adam Driver double feature. Ooh. I don't know why. As we've discussed before, I don't really get Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. He seems like a Even w- after this. Even after this, I will say I get I get a little something more and he doesn't bother me as much after these two movies. Okay. Um, he has a very big range in these two movies. One was uh, The Last Duel. Okay. The Ridley Scott film, which nobody watched apparently because we were all looking at our phones. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, it came out this year um, and it's uh, set in the 1300s. Mm-hmm. It's the Middle Ages in France. And uh, there's some things you might not know about this. It's written... By Matt and Ben Affleck. Matt oh. Damon and Ben Affleck, who are both in it. What? Um, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> uh, th- so we begin. It is. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, are they doing the voice? Are they doing like the. <laughs> Like the like the Goodwill Hunting voices. No, no, they're doing it's thirteen hundreds. Oh, but they're, how funny would it be if it was like <laughs> they're the, doing see, the this Boston is, voice? This would be a fucking fun movie, man. Nobody does this where they're like they, they don't do like they'll do like a stoner version of like, you know, like your highness, you know, where oh, they're yeah. like they're like, It's the Middle Ages, but what if everyone talks like they're in a stoner comedy? Right. Nobody will ever have the fucking balls. The fucking balls to do a Middle Ages movie where everybody just talks like Boston people. <laughs> why would they talk like that? Because why would they talk like stoners? <laughs> why why is that why is that an okay right. version? Why, in, why can you do like a mumblecore movie where it's like right. it's like what if people in fucking the Wild West talked like you know epic gamer guys? <laughs> like why is that an okay version of this? But you can't do fucking. You can't do like you know a knights in shining armor movie, but everybody's from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You should. That I, should be a, that should be a movie. This is, would have been the time to do it, yeah. but it's not. It's a very serious movie. Um, this is a very serious knights and lords movie, mm-hmm. um, which I have no idea why I wanted to watch this movie. Like something about it drew me to it, and I was like. I think it's been playing all this Dark Souls. I've mm-hmm. just been like, what if it's cool? Um, is it? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, it is not... Here, here's the thing about this movie. It starts off, Matt Damon has a mullet and just a goatee because he has no mustache. It's a very medieval look. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm a stoic knight and I'm acting very seriously and me and Adam Driver are pals and I'm getting married to this woman and she's my property, but I love her. It's very like a medieval movie. I was like, this is taking itself very seriously. I was like, what is the hook here? It's moving very fast. Anyway, he comes back from a fight. Uh, she gets raped Mm. 
Mm. Um, and she's like, you, I knew who did it. Uh, and so I let them in and they, they raped me. And he's like, I'm going to fight this motherfucker to a duel. And he like goes to the courts and he's like, uh, the, the guy he's pissed off the guy who would normally his like Lord or whatever, his Lord who he serves. And he gives, he's like, I won't give you a trial because I know he didn't do it. You're lying. Mm -hmm. And he goes to the church. He goes to Paris, rides to Paris, goes to the church and he throws down his gauntlet. He's like, the rules say I can still challenge this guy to a, a duel to the death. Then we hard cut to the truth from Adam Driver's perspective. So I was like, oh, it's fucking Rashomon. <laughs> uh-huh. And it is. And it's uh, then it's like, okay, now you see the this whole like rape thing from his perspective. And then you see it from the woman's perspective. And then you see the duel. Okay. So it's like three, the same story told three times. And then Adam Driver and Matt Damon fighting to the death over it. Um, and it's an interesting twist. It's, I will say very heavy handed about what it's trying to get at, which is like, there can be a lot of perspectives, but like everyone in this uh, movie is treating the woman as like property basically. Mm. (laughs) And like, it's basically screaming at you. Like the woman's opinion is the real truth or whatever, Right? Yeah, yeah. which is like at first kind of put me off because like the whole point of Rashomon is like, you can't know what the truth is. Like everyone's perspective is different or whatever, but this is like making a totally different point with the same sort of idea. Um, And it doesn't raise to the level of like, wow, I got to go out and tell everybody this movie, but it feels exactly like the kind of movie that would be on TNT in the (laughs) nineties and you'd flip to it and you'd be like, Oh great. And you just like (laughs) sit there and watch that movie. It has that, vibe it really feels like something that would have come out in the 90s and like every critic would have been like cool and would have made 14 million dollars you know what i mean like right you know just a nice easy really just great looking it looks incredible like i've never been one for like knights and shining armor or whatever but it like there's lots of cool like just we're gonna look overhead at paris in 1300 and you're just going through all the rocks and like yeah cool cool uh terrain stuff interesting um, just very realistic. Uh, also, Ben Affleck plays like this swishy lord who like has a blonde hair guy. He's just amazing for some reason. <laughs> All right. It, it doesn't make any sense. Everything about it seems like it would be stupid, but it's like this nice little like put together thing. Mm-hmm. N- little commentary on, you know, the whole Me Too thing, I guess. Uh, and it's nice. It's a, it's a pretty cool movie. It's, it's definitely easy. Goes down easy, I'd say. Except yeah. there's like, graphic rape in it (laughs) (laughs) goes down easy it does i liked it um (laughs) what was your other the other other thing i watched was um the report oh that was the one that i told you about uh did you watch that the one where he's the uh he's dan jones uh the cia torture report yeah yeah, yeah, uh Mm -hmm. uh-huh what'd you think you like it i liked it uh it it is um i was saying on the bonus that I have this weird thing about like bushy tail lanyard dicks mm. who are just like, I'm here to make a change in politics and I'm like going to follow the rules. And that guy just getting fucking crushed by the deep state is my favorite genre. Like yeah. I love watching that genre and this is a pretty good entry. Um, it's not as good as the Mauritanian, uh, which I think I talked about on the show. Maybe it's, it's like Jodie Foster and it goes 
she's also a lawyer. She's a lawyer for one of the guys in Guantanamo Bay and is revealing a lot of the stuff around the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar movie. And I think better than this movie. Um, but you know, all the president's men, any sort of like people who are like, Oh yeah, we trust the government slowly, like learning, right, right, how, right, learning yeah. the details and sort of becoming a maniac. Like he literally has in this movie, like the Charlie day on the wall with the red yarn mm-hmm. stuff. And like, he just becomes a crazy person because they're making him crazy. Yeah. Um, and I love it. It's great. And Adam driver is really good. In this he's movie. very good. He's a very good actor. He's a good actor. In the last duel, he plays like a tall, like long haired goateed, like D'Artagnan motherfucker where he's mm. just like slaying pussy all over town and everyone's looking at him like he's so handsome and i'm just like is he though i mean i know that's the tough that's always the (laughs) tough sell with him is is him being like hot or handsome or whatever but like i gotta say he's got so much range like the amount of stuff that you can see him in and being good in like he's very funny and stuff he's very charming and stuff he's good at what he does this is sort of the reason i wanted to talk about both of them is because like i don't have much to say about either of these these are movies that i put on and just like they breeze right through me i was right. like cool three four you know three and a half stars or whatever you know like nice um but adam driver is totally different characters like in this movie he is a uh nerd with slick back hair who believes yeah. in the government and rules and following the rules and he slowly becomes this sort of like raving asshole like not asshole but like he's like literally yelling at diane feinstein yeah. <laughs> at the end of the movie or and as i recall half. he has like it's like the whole moral of the story basically is like he should have broken the rules because like so, he could have given it to the new york times and it would have actually gotten out but instead like he like lets diane feinstein like be like hey no well, no, they do release it. It's but it's like super redacted. It's that's redu- what it was. Well, yeah. Um, it's implied they go over their head a little bit, but it it never made the splash. And I mean, he probably would have got killed if he released it. Right. But it's like the movie does have this very like you do have to follow the rules, and it's like probably a good idea. And it's like it has a very limp-wristed sort of thing, which is why I like the Mauritanian a lot better. Which is just like you have to do anything yeah anything you can do to fuck these people who because they're going to kill you um is the message of that movie and it's great um also jodie foster it's it's funny all of these people who show up in the report like are clearly like very anti-cia like make it a part of their career to be like against um the government yeah. like the guy who plays delmer and oh brother art that was in the report and he's also in like syriana and like mm. all these like little movies about like how evil the government is uh so they know stuff it's interesting to see who's like always in those movies yeah but yeah adam driver plays a a a, a very believable lanyard dick who is just like i'm trying to follow the rules and I'm trying to, you know, research all these pages and you guys are making it real tough for me, but we have yeah. to work together and then slowly becomes a person who is like the CIA is running the government. Doesn't the CIA like break into his office at yes. some point? Yeah, that's what they really get him on. And, and they 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 break into a congressional research office and like try to threaten him, like try to threaten him with prison um, for, you know accessing a document he wasn't supposed to it's right. like that doesn't make any sense these are air-gapped computers are they saying i walked to langley and just like broke in no like 
they would have had to given it to me. And then also they're admitting to breaking into a congressional research <laughs> office, which is also illegal. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes Feinstein sort of take his side on it. Um, a fascinating story. Uh, really makes you feel very helpless. But uh, yeah, in, in then in, in last duel, he plays a tall warrior you know well he's kind of a bit of supposed to be a bit of a pussy but like you never disbelieve that he's like holding his own with matt damon who's right. supposed to be the the bloodthirsty freak who is the wife of the lady and that he possibly raped or whatever right um and is like the best warrior Wait, so did he rape her though from her perspective yeah well, yeah. yeah okay oh, oh big time <laughs> 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 well that's the, the funny thing is that you see their sexual encounter from his perspective and then you see it from hers uh-huh. um and so are they like is it like a fucking like a like a uh what i'm thinking of that king of the hill episode <laughs> i don't where, think i've like, seen whatever you're gonna reference <laughs> there's a king of the hill episode <laughs> where they accidentally burnt they they're all uh volunteering as firefighters and they accidentally burn down the firehouse Okay. And then the fire commissioner is like, how did this happen? And they all tell the story, but the story's a little different each time they tell it. <laughs> like in Rashomon. And and like uh So that's what I'm wondering is 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 it like are you just seeing their their perspective on it and yeah. then they leave or is are events different? Events are version? different. Like in in his in ver- his version is she like, "Oh, please have sex with me." Yeah, yeah. She's like because he he maintains that she put up the requisite protest because she's a lady mm-hmm. like her husband is a lord like obviously it's not allowed right but she wanted it and in his tell in when you see his thing they're like playing around she's like calling out the windows like no help and like smiling <laughs> and kissing him you know like yeah, yeah, yeah and then in hers it's much worse uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah it's 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 rough trigger warning for that movie but if you like to see medieval times fights <laughs> do watch it it's really cool i mean like it, it, it's cool because you know i don't know about jousting but you know they've got all these cool weapons and they've got the horses um so it, i was like maybe it'll be cool and it they they imbue it with so much drama of like that last duel being like well what's gonna happen because like her life is in danger if one of them doesn't win and you're just like to the end like not knowing who's going to win and like what that's going to mean for her either way. Yeah. Was it you it's who cool. I was talking to about medieval times and like the people who work there? Yeah. 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 We were talking about it two weeks ago before you left about like how shitty that job is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we don't have time to talk about that. This is an, don't have time. I, I'm just going to say this is, I, I appreciate Adam driver more. I don't, he just gives me weird like Pete Davidson vibes. He's like dark Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> he's like serious Pete. Yeah, he's serious Pete. And uh, they just both look really weird. And I don't get how they're getting so much pussy. Except for being tall, I guess. Um, I I stand by. I think Pete Davidson is probably just a really nice guy. I'm sure they're both lovely gentlemen. But I mean, like in terms of like the pussy getting, like I think that everybody is always trying to like intellectualize about like is he a project? Is he like does he have a huge dick? Whatever. <laughs> I really honestly think he's just a good guy who's nice to women. Here's the thing. If I met either of those dudes in person, they were trying to fuck me, I'm sure it'd be on. <laughs> I'm not saying like, but it's, what's weird is that from my perspective, it's like if there was a woman that busted who was like at the level of, you know, Emma Thompson or uh, not Emma Thompson, Emma, whatever the fuck 
Emma Stone, mm -hmm. you know, some big like girl that all the guys are wanting to fuck. Everyone would be like, what? Why is she in this movie? Because yeah. she'd be weird looking. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's no girls who are like seen as sex symbols who are kind of busted. And I'm just saying they're both kind of busted. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the the closest you get is like Anya Taylor Joy, who looks like an alien. She does but, look like an alien, but she's but that's she, like a weird. I would say she's thing. she's not busted. No. Like everyone wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we just gonna talk about what celebrities we think are kind of busted? <laughs> We should have done this on the bonus. Is that the podcast <laughs> this is going to become? No, we got to talk about They Live. We got to so, talk about They Live. So this, okay, this is the movie we watched this week. It's called They Live. Um, it's this, from 1980. This year, this month, the theme is, uh, the way I put it was uh, Reddit Sacred Cows. Mm -hmm. We are doing movies that are big, appreciated movies that we're revisiting, uh, probably because we have maybe different takes than the majority of the internet. Yeah. We'll call them internet sacred cows. Cause I'd say this that's, one, I'd yeah. say they live is more of like a Twitter one. Well, that that's what I wanted to talk about. So this movie is from 1998 or 1988. 1988 excuse me. It's directed by John Carpenter. It's sort of a later Carpenter. Actually, mm -hmm. I didn't really know that. Um, but uh, this one sort of, when we, when we proposed this idea and we selected the movies, this is the one that kind of felt out of place for me. Mm -hmm. Cause it's not on the IMDb top 250. It's, kind of a cult classic anyway it like was a mild success at the time uh, well so i'll say initially my my first my first thought for this month wasn't to do like the reddit ass movies my idea <laughs> was it, end it ended up that way because of adding shawshank i think kind of yeah and then we were like changed also the shape of also, this thing yeah. no, no the godfather was on first oh right, right. initially the first two that I wanted to put on here were this and the dark Knight. Okay. And the idea was that they were the big movies, the, or no, sorry, it was this and the Godfather. And it was, these were the big movies that like, I felt like people want us to talk about and we don't want to talk about. Oh, okay. And, and so those were the two. And then I was like, what else are kind of like those movies? And I was like, well, everybody likes the dark Knight a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. And so I put that on and then I was like, well, this is actually kind of changing shape a little bit. So adding Shawshank and then it's like, okay, this is rounded out into sort of like a, go an internet guy sort of favorite <laughs> movies because that's what it is, right? These are like the top four movies of an internet guy. That's true. This is like their, this is like they're like I'm actually pretty indie. Yeah, and, exactly. And this is their this is their pick to be like, but I am a film buff. I don't yeah, yeah. only like the big movies. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the guy you meet in college who has Tarantino posters on the wall. This mm. is their this is their top four on Letterboxd. Yes, it's it's The Godfather, Shawshank, Dark Knight, and a, a pretty unknown weird one. They live. Yeah, <laughs> and so we're starting with They Live. We're starting with They Live. Uh, a movie that where, when did you first encounter they live it's really interesting uh it's not that interesting uh but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i was thinking about this while i was watching it uh that it was it was introduced to me as something that i simply must watch by my high school friends who mm. were you know big weird nerds who watched you know the, literally the this is the friend my one of my only friends in high school one of my only guy friends in high school that i um I met him at a show that I was playing. And then the next time I saw him, he was carrying like a cartoon level amount of VHSs out of the library, like mm -hmm. up the stairs, like over his head. And I was like, what are you going to do with all those? And he was like, Oh, uh, hi. <laughs> uh, and he's just like a big nerd who watched 
so many movies and he was like you haven't seen they live you got to see they live and i was like okay we'll watch it and we never did mm-hmm. um so I've, it's been on my radar as like a thing big film nerds really liked and i didn't see it maybe until like five or six years ago oh uh so i came to this one pretty late mm-hmm. um so and i also had seen it more recently than you it seems um so when I saw it, I was I, I was sort of just in a big carpenter mood. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'd never seen They Live. I mean, I watched, I was watching like literally in the same week I watched um, In the Mouth of Madness and Prince of Darkness, which are much sillier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not much sillier. I, I would say, honestly, much better um, than They Live. Um, but this one is, I was like, cool. It was good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I have a great take or not take but um perception of what this movie's thing is Mm because i was just like my friend brett in high school loved it and i see sometimes people post the gifts but i don't i don't know what what what, how did you come to it i so i think i've talked about this a little bit in the past there was a time of my life in in college when i was like obsessed with um getting free stuff on craigslist oh you have told well you've definitely told me about this i think you've told it on the show uh, perhaps i told this but uh, old heads will will know this about jeremy yeah a short <laughs> a short version of this is that for a brief time of my life i was probably two to three times a week just f- on my free time i would just find something on craigslist that was for free and i'd go get it didn't matter what it was Pack didn't rat. matter whether i needed it or anything <laughs> i just was going to get it and then either trying to flip it for money or just keep it because whatever it's an interesting thing that i now have Mm -hmm. and uh i ended up with a lot of vhs tapes and um there's this one time i went to a guy and he was i was there not to get vhs tapes though i was there to get a weight set he was getting rid of weights like little hand dumbbells uh and i was like okay i'll get some weights and i'll start working out maybe and uh so i'm I'm eating three oreos a day (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) i'm sure i'll be able to do lots of reps So I go to this guy's house to go get his weights and he's like he's like I'm you know moving so I'm getting rid of a bunch of stuff and I'm like cha-ching let's see what else he got I'll take it all And so what I ended up leaving there with was his weights a potted plant and about like 7 to 12 uh VHS tapes of stuff that I'd never heard of before Okay. and it was like just like weird like uh one of them was like Muscle Beach Party one of them was okay. like like some sort of like tiki monster thing like <laughs> just like weird like obscure tapes He was like just, a rockabilly guy. Yes, absolutely <laughs> some sort of a rockabilly guy at least in his past. Uh and one of them was They Live, and I'd never heard of it. I knew nothing about it, and it sat on a shelf for a long time until one day I just popped it in. I was like, oh, let's see what the fuck this thing is, because uh, I saw John Carpenter's name on it. I was like, oh, John Carpenter, okay. I know that guy. I know that guy. I don't think I know what he made, but let's see what it is. <laughs> and I, I throw it in, and I'm like, holy shit, this is wild. I can't yeah. believe this is that, like, what? You know? Because <laughs> there weren't, like, I mean, there weren't gifts back then. I didn't see anything from sure, this. Sure, yeah. You know, there wasn't, like, online discourse and shit. Like, it was a different world. It's funny. I mean, even when I watched it six-ish years ago, mm-hmm. I still didn't really have much of a of a grasp on what it was that I yeah. was getting into. Like, I I had seen, like, the Obey with the weird alien guys. Like, I'd seen those images, but nothing else. Like, no, no one had explained to me what the movie was. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so now I had a similar reaction. I was like, Jesus, what, yeah. how did this movie get made? I know, I was, it really blew my mind the first time I saw it, and I was really, really into it. And um, 
I mean, I think I watched it maybe like one or two times after that and like lost the... I think I actually still have the VHS. Really? Uh, somewhere around, yeah. Give it to me. Yeah, it's yours if you want. <laughs> if I can find it, I'll give Any it to VHSs you. Any VHSs, I'll take. I'll give them to you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had that sort of relationship to it until maybe like a couple of years ago, I rewatched it and I was like, okay. I was like, this is like, this is like Banksy. <laughs> like, but like the the level of insight that this has into things is like very shallow. Uh-huh. And, and, and anyway, that was kind of my reassessment of it. And then that was around the time of like uh, the the first Bernie Sanders campaign and the sudden inflow of of the new leftists yeah. into my life. And and all of them seem to think that they live as this like epic tome that like you know <laughs> it's this like wonderful uh, g- movie that like. I don't know. It just seems like it's like a it's like a leftist Twitter irony bro classic. Yeah, I'm and, sure. And last year there was that article where somebody was like, "The aliens are Jews," and then all of our friends what? were all. We talked about it on the show. Oh, John there God! Was some it was, it was that discourse guy. It's a it's a guy whose whole life is just generating hot takes for cool, people to get yeah. mad about. Uh, but he said something about how like we need to contend with the anti-Semitism of they live. And, oh yeah, and, and then, then when all you say of it that these, way, I remember you. All of all of the Twitter people were all, you know, the usual suspects were all just like, actually, you're a fucking idiot. You're stupid. You, you have here's a picture of a pig. Do you have shitting or whatever? Brain worms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dasha. <laughs> um, like Dasha. <laughs> oh no, she said it. Um, but That's anyway, what she says. so so. That was kind of what made me think of this as something that would be a fun one to revisit in order to piss off our fans. <laughs> okay. So let's quickly, if you haven't heard or seen of this movie, um, They Live is a movie from 1988 directed by John Carpenter. It has very little story, and we will recap it very quickly. Roddy Piper is a drifter. Roddy he, Piper is a pro wrestler in real life, by the way. Yes. This will be important to understand. Yeah. He's ripped and huge, and he's like, just trying to get a job in LA. He's he's rolling through town. He comes, he's like, I want to get a construction job. They're like, this is a union job. He's like, all right, I'm down. So I guess he joins the union or yeah, something. Yeah, or something. Um, I don't know. He meets Keith David on the on the on the job and Keith David shows him to some sort of like homeless camp. Yeah. Um and there he is introduced and learns about this person who's hacking a television to say basically that the ruling class is taking over our minds they're keeping us asleep all this sort of like you know ad busters sort of language right and uh he realizes that it something is going on with the church across the street from the homeless encampment and uh he goes inspecting doesn't really find much but notices that they're making sunglasses and like yeah. that doesn't really make any sense to him um and then he uh just like one, yeah, I don't know. One, one night, he one like, night, the cops just show up and start like tearing everything apart. Am I skipping? Oh something? Yeah, 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 they're they're tearing apart the encampment. They're they're kicking all the homeless people out, and then he finds some of these sunglasses. Well, they're they're beating up the the people who are making them. Right, like, the right, cops right. are just like Rodney Kinging them. Yeah, and and he uh, he finds a couple of glasses. He takes the box. He runs away. Long story short, he puts on the glasses. And finds that everything is in black and white. Mm. Uh, and then every single piece of media around him has big block letters that say, obey, consume, no original thought, 
like co- stay asleep. Yeah. You know, just like and then like certain people are like these weird like skinless like corpse face things. Yeah. They're like aliens. They're aliens. They're a- they are aliens. We learn later they are aliens, but they look like uh, weird corpses and whatever. Yeah, they look like skulls or and, something. And he spends I would say about like two minutes like inspecting this before he's like i need to kill every I'm last one of them kill them <laughs> right well it starts with the cops yeah uh he basically is just wandering around in days like can't believe it he sees the president on tv who is also one of them and yeah. he says the hilarious line of it figures it'd be something like this yeah <laughs> uh, yeah at, that's the funniest line in the movie yeah. probably it figures it would be something like yeah. this <laughs> uh and so uh he they figure out that he can see them yeah. with the glasses um, and uh, the cops track him down and they're both the aliens and they're like, look, you stumbled upon something. Just let this will be easier if you don't freak out. Yeah. And then he kills both of them. And then after that, just like fucking starts killing yeah, all he of go, them. Well, he goes GTA mode where yeah. he's like, he's already fucked up the stars. He's fucked up the yeah, mission. He's five stars. He's, might as well just go. <laughs> yeah. And he takes their shotgun and he goes into a bank and just starts blasting. Yeah. Uh, and then um, he tries to get away. He kidnaps a girl who works for a news station. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I don't want to hurt you. You're not, I'm, I want you to put on the glasses. She's like, no, I'm not going to put on the glasses. But also I want to have sex with you. Yeah, he's like, we don't have time. <laughs> we simply don't have time. And then she hits him on the head, throws him out a window, almost kills him. Yeah. Uh, he re goes back to Keith David and is like, Hey, I got these glasses. He's like, you're crazy. You're a murderer. Yeah. And um, then they have the longest fight scene there's ever been in any movie. Yeah. It's six minutes long. They're in an alleyway where he stored the glasses. He got the glasses back. Um, and uh, he's like, got to put these on. He's like, fuck you. Go to hell. Then that happens for six minutes. Uh, they fight. Uh, it's a wrestling fight. There's yeah. a, they do wrestling moves to each other several times. Yeah. They're, they, they took three weeks to choreograph. It's a classic fight for better for worse it's it funny it sucks so much <laughs> i think it's funny but it is boring after like the first time you've seen it it yeah so then uh after that i would say after the fight scene no they 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 reconvene they get a hotel he puts the glasses on him he's like ah shit uh, I'm uh, guess damn I, you're right it's I, crazy I, out I, here yeah i guess it's crazy and so they go they uh, meet up with the people who originally made the glasses who are some sort of like resistant like literally they're resistance fighters they're yeah, trying to but they're not fighting they don't do anything well yeah but they have a lot of guns so they must be fighting sometimes um but or they're getting trying to, ready to or whatever right they're trying to do it right they're trying to be a vanguard basically and they're trying to manufacture these sunglasses to wake up enough people sort of like the matrix yes uh, uh they give them uh at this stage they give them contact lenses that do the same thing but don't give you a uh, a headache yeah which is i think a major mistake uh on the part of john carpenter i think that that like you have an excuse to have your cool guys wear sunglasses like in the movie and then he takes it away for some yeah reason. and not to mention that like you, like you've st- like nobody made you do this like you could have made it <laughs> You could have made it contact lenses from the start, sure. and then we would feel like, like th- there's just a weird thing that happens. I've seen this movie a few times. I know what the rest of the movie is at this stage, and I still a couple of times are like, wait, can they see stuff right now? Oh, right. No, they can. 
They, they, they can because they're wearing the, the contact lenses, but like because they've established like you put on the glasses, you see the things, you take the glasses off, you don't see the things. Yeah. It, now that they don't have the glasses on anymore, you're like, it, it just is like, it, it, it just doesn't work as well. Absolutely. Like, it's much better when you can have, like, especially because the visual effect is really cool when yeah. they take it on and off and you're like, you're, you're handcuffing yourself by not letting yourself do the cool thing you anymore. Have to, you have to imagine that it was like, we can't do this whole elaborate, like it would just be too expensive to do with that. It elaborate. must be. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you're right. It's like, they, it's a, there's no story reason that that would happen. That they, yeah. It would be much better if they had sunglasses for the rest of the movie. Because the truth is, is that basically once, so it turns out, uh, oh yeah, the cops find their space immediately. They all get, you know, massacred and they right. escape. They go into a portal. Doesn't matter why. Uh, they get into a portal that takes them to like the mothership area, which is just a news station. Yeah, with also a banquet hall in it for some reason. Yeah, it's like a big... I guess I'm imagining like a, a skyscraper that has a lot of stuff in it mm-hmm. and they're trying to get to the roof, which is where the, the mother um, dream thing that keeps it's everybody a big antenna that like makes all this shit happen. Right. Because in the fiction of the movie, um, literally everything is in black and white and it's not that because what's fun about the movie is that the glasses function as like ideology glasses where you're like so this is this is what i wanted to so just to finish the thing off it's like who cares it doesn't matter he gets up to the roof there's the antenna up there the laser trader kills the kills the one guy roddy piper blows up the antenna the whole world can now see everything they both die they everyone dies uh roddy and frank both die but they blow up the thing everyone can see and we end on like a funny little pretty funny cutscene of of, yeah a uh, lady realizing she's fucking an alien yes uh, so this is this is what I wanted to talk about, right? Is like the the metaphor of the movie, and whether or not it's actually even a metaphor, or or is John Carpenter just a dumb dumb? And like, <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, like you're you're right that like there is this interpretation that I feel like is the is the preeminent one, which is the the sunglasses are ideology. They allow you to see the world for what it really is. But if there's an antenna that you can destroy to make everybody right see it for what it really is like is that is that like taking control of the airwaves and 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 red pilling everybody all at once yeah like but, i think the idea is like if you if you woke up enough people it would become obvious yeah of what was actually going on i just actually, i just realized that's the first time you see an alien in color mm-hmm. so it's not black and white yes oh that's cool all right it is cool but then <laughs> it, it, and, and so that makes it so it's like the black and white is just an effect of the sunglasses yeah, yeah. there i will say visually striking Great. movie yeah. very cool i love the way that the obey things look and whatever before we get into the ideology of the movie as a movie what do you think of this movie not good no no good i think I, it's i think it's okay i think it's i think it's serviceable it's fun but like because I mean, from, it it suffers from a lot of very bad acting. Not just on the part of... I think Roddy Piper is pretty lousy. I think his friend is pretty lousy. I think the girlfriend is pretty lousy. Oh, I think, I think Keith David's great. I think they're pretty much all okay at best. Roddy's bad. Awful background acting. Awful background <laughs> acting. Something I noticed this time watching, nobody ever reacts to a gunshot. They only react to seeing a gun. 
everybody reacts to seeing a gun when he walks into a room and was like, oh my God, a guy with a gun. But if he shoots it outside the door, you'll see people like there's literally when he shoots the two cops <laughs> oh, in the yeah. alleyway, you're seeing people walking past behind. Them. Yeah, it's pretty low budget. <laughs> it's just it, it just does, like it, it, it's lousy in that regard. They're, like the the world building itself is really inconsistent and weird. Like the uh, something I noticed this time around is like so if in the reality of the aliens, they they know that the the posters all say obey, right? Yeah, yeah. And they see it that way. <laughs> so yeah, the first scene where he when puts on the sunglasses the- he's reading the fucking newspaper <laughs> what is he buying a newspaper for <laughs> <laughs> i think they can s- i was thinking about that too i think that he might mu- they must be able to see the, the other stuff too if they want like they're in control of this whole thing right um i don't know why they would want to read that why would they want to read it if the purpose of the the point of the metaphor <laughs> is the purpose of the newspaper is to tell you to obey right what are they reading the fucking like i guess they have to behave <laughs> like normal people or something yeah uh for me uh the i think and maybe it's because i'm i've watched it for the first time sooner than you mm-hmm. but like the the first hour of the movie is a great time mm-hmm. i think watching Roddy come into you know sort of figure out all this stuff about like he's poor and then there's a homeless encampment and like the intrigue of like who are the hackers and why is that happening all that stuff really works for me it feels it's very well directed mm-hmm. um i agree that Roddy's not a good actor but he has this sort of like realistic thing about him where it just seems like he's like a poor guy who yeah. is just ripped and like probably was in the military <laughs> Um, Keith David, I think is always great. Um, he has a certain affect, but he's always like that. Like he's the same way in the thing. He's the same way in Requiem for a Dream. (laughs) Like, uh, but yeah, everyone else is also awful. I agree. Um, but you know, as sort of eighties sci-fi go, it's not bad and it looks great. And Mm -hmm. sort of, if you've never heard or seen of the seen the movie, it's, it's fascinating what's happening. It's very inventive and it's interesting. Um, as soon as they go through the portal and go into like the, uh, really, I would say after the fight, if you, if you don't like the fight before the fight, but after the fight, the movie goes way downhill Yeah, it because it's really just like, drags it really lot. doesn't know what to do until the sort of, the climax of the movie and they try to do this thing where it's like and then there's a revolution but like they don't really have time or money to flesh out what that would mean or look like you know i think if it was made now it would be like a network of people who like know and like it would just be the matrix right yeah they would do and, like a you know like cut down the tall poppies on the radio and whatever and everybody would be like oh it's time right right and they'd have their own sort of pirate system and internet or whatever and uh you know, but they just don't really have the money or time or care, I guess, to do that. And so, and then they try to f- fill it out with like, and then the humans do know, and this is the part, like ideologically, I do like, there is like humans that know that they're aliens, but don't care because they're going to get money off of it. So this is something I wanted to talk about is the who's an alien, who's not. I think that for the ideology of it to mean anything, and this is what I mean about like, 
is it an ideological movie or is John Carpenter just kind of a dum-dum who's playing with like anti-authoritarian aesthetic essentially is okay. the first time that we see the cops the two of them are aliens yeah and then he runs down the alleyway in the third one not an alien not an alien what does that mean some of the cops aren't aliens but what does that mean in the in the ideology right is like because what I was thinking is like if you wanted to make this make sense and you wanted to make this an actual allegory for like how power works in this country and how the ruling class works in this country none of the cops are aliens the cops are people you know (laughs) the cops are regular people they work for the ruling class and their job is to guard the power of the work of of the ruling class right sure and John Carp or uh, Roddy Piper should kill them anyway (laughs) you know yeah 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 he should recognize in that moment like oh, these guys are here to serve, you know, the formaldehyde, formaldehyde faces, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it just doesn't make sense that, yeah. like, if, you're, if your allegory is that these are the people who control your mind, you know, these are the people who run the media and the government and, like, you know, who, 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 who micromanage your everyday life to make you marry and reproduce by showing you a sign that says it or whatever. <laughs> like, the cops are not that, right? you know? I think, for me... This movie makes the most sense as the metaphor being that the aliens are the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Like the aliens are the inhuman system that exists around us. Right. That has infected everything and is everything. And it's like capitalism is a concept and, a you know, like a brain disease that ha- infects people. And we are all kind of slaves to it. Uh, and the people who benefit off of it have made that decision for themselves and also deserve to get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, like the lady at the end. Um, and then also the guy at the end, but the it, Roddy is like, still like, I'm going to spare them for most of the time until the girl. Until yeah. He's like, wait a minute. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You killed um, my friend. And I think the people he's flipping off at the end aren't aliens either. Um, and that takes him a while to realize. And I think in a way you could sort of look at it as, you know, it's making a pretty sophisticated point about like, it's not just the people who are different than you. It's everyone who serves the ends of the people in charge. Mm. And he doesn't have that consciousness at the beginning, but then by the end does. And, that's, realize the and entire that's, all, thing. that's all well and good. I just mean, just on a technical level, on a John Carpenter level. Yeah the cops shouldn't be aliens, right? If you're making this an allegory for the, for, or they should all be, it should either be they're all aliens or they're all not aliens. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like you're doing like a, some good cops. Like, what is it? I don't think he's saying that. I mean, because they're all lockstep serving the Mm -hmm. aliens. I mean, they're all trying to get him. Um, I think he's just saying like, some cops are rich then. Like what? Maybe it's like, they all have to like, sometimes they have to be there to like uh guide you know Mm -hmm. like who's like some of them are in charge of the cops and some of them are on the force and some of them i don't know yeah it's interesting that they're that his choice was like it can be anybody yeah and it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody in a specific position um but they are never poor there's never like a homeless guy who's like, Oh, can I have change? And he's like yes, an alien. That's true. There is a specific decision that they're never poor. They're either cops or rich. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't mind that so much. 
Uh, but I, I hear what you're saying. It's because I read a little thing on Wikipedia where he was like, the movie's about like Reaganism. Mm-hmm. And he's not, I don't know. I mean, John Carpenter is a, is a very interesting character, but he definitely doesn't talk much about politics exactly. So I, it's hard to say, but he was looking at the 80s around him and being like, wait a minute. And it is like, yeah. this is consumerism. It does feel very 80s. Because the other thing I was going to point out that makes me question the ideology overall is that first scene where he shows up to the work site and he's like, can I have some work? And he's like, well, I would give you some work, but this is a union job. And then the camera pans over to these dudes taking a break. (laughs) 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 Like you're definitely supposed to file that away as like, Oh, a union job. (laughs) Yeah. I could, well, I couldn't, I couldn't get what that because he does get the job. Mm hmm. So I don't, it's not, it doesn't seem implied that he's a scab exactly. No, they're not on, they're not on, on strike, but like you do see like the images are associated with each other for a reason. He says, it's a union job. Here's Mexican guys taking a break. (laughs) Yeah, he, he definitely, but, but then he's like, well, can I talk to the, the shop? Right, 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 whatever. Because he's an American. He's like a. Because that's the thing too. Is like in the whole first chunk, he's saying uh-huh. like, you know, I'm an American. I believe in America. Like right. it's a great place. And the end of it is never like America is bad. They wow. specifically say like this was an infection that happened. You know, no. Like, I mean, they there's that question is raised multiple times, and Keith David is like, maybe they were always with us. Maybe they were always with us. Yeah, I guess so. I I will say it is not specific. Mm -hmm. I don't, here's the thing. I don't think you can take this as a right wing message. No, I don't think it's a right wing message. I think it's a like, it's a loose. It's an, it's just an eighties version of the, of the Gen Xer, like everything sucks (laughs) thing. Right. It's like, it really just feels like this is more about like the system overall and everything that John Carpenter sees as the system is, It's, it's it reminds me a little bit of falling down in a way where it's like <laughs> it's I mean I would say falling down is a little more right wing yeah. <laughs> but like it, in terms of just like this like kind of broad shot at like the filmmaker just kind of like the the Dennis Leary style like cigarette and trench coat just being like here's what's fucking wrong with the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it is I mean but I think it's, I guess I, I see it as more right than, uh, it's more right than wrong. It, 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 it's not a, it's not a movie that gets so lost in its metaphor that you end up being like, I don't, I don't think it's reasonable to look at it and being like, this could be Jews because it's very clearly not poor people. Mm-hmm. It's very clearly not just the media. It's like, it's the cops, it's the media and it's rich people. Yeah. And I, and, and it's a president. Who's, the who's not Jewish? So, yeah, who's at, never has been never Jewish. been Jewish. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's it's very clearly like the a stand-in for the oppressors, mm-hmm. for the people who don't want you. But the 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 big problem with it, I guess, is it's like, what do you want to be different? Yeah, and that that is the thing that all through the eighties and nineties kind of just seemed like there wasn't an answer to it's like wh- what do you think should change actually besides just like because there was this sense of just like you know reaganism because there's literally like it's morning in america in right, this movie yeah, yeah. and he's like very anti-reagan and like obviously reagan was racist and like the 
and this is I think where crony capitalism as a concept comes up where it's like we used to have something that seemed to be more in flux that we could to some people <laughs> mm. uh, that you could do and now we have this thing where literally just corporations are taking over right and it was confusing to a lot of people and I think it was clear that it was like all these people who are rich are being protected by the cops and they're doing something bad and we should stop them. But what they wanted to go back to, they wanted to go back to something, you know, they wanted to go to the sixties. They wanted to go to the sixties without racism, you know, where it was like, but that's not how anything works Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they don't have like an understanding of like history um, or, and like how the country existed. So I think that's its main problem is that the situation is correct that it's like there are people oppressing you but like you don't know what you even want besides being oppressed right and like what liberation looks like i think is the problem they just want the truth out yeah you know and it's like well okay i think the, the the real cynical thing is is that you made the movie you're roddy piper right you mm-hmm. you told everybody Everybody knows this. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So now what? Right? Now it's what? like you blew up the fucking antenna. Now what? Right. Everybody's dead. You know, great. Like, <laughs> it's like, it, I mean, it's very clearly like you need to kill everybody because you don't know what to do otherwise. And like, you need to have, I mean, I'd argue that like the movie, the movie is over by the time Roddy Piper has shot the first bullet. You know, it's essentially like you've already run out of ideas, fully run out of ideas. (laughs) Like the movie should have been way more front loaded and it should have ended with him getting the sunglasses, putting them on and seeing it. And Mm -hmm. that would have been an interesting way to end the movie. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think it's It's once he starts like going off and murdering people and whatever. It's like you don't like this. Like you didn't set this up very well. Like it it's like his motivation it couldn't be less clear he goes <laughs> zero to a hundred instantly <laughs> saying like weird catchphrases and shit like oh yeah the first the, when he says the sort of famous line uh that i the chew, I'm, I'm here to, i have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass right you're like really? who is this guy that you this is not who you've been watching the whole time he's yeah. like a really down-to-earth guy who has no money and no he's a homeless guy yeah who is you know just trying to find work and all of a sudden he's just like i've got sunglasses and now i'm arnold or whatever yeah. and i don't know I and the line sucks it's yeah the it's not very... gum and kick ass sucks <laughs> the way he delivers it sucks he's but also not a gum guy there's never been there's gum, never been gum. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> and 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 i'm just gonna say it rhythmically it should be kick ass and chew bubble that's gum. that's absolutely true then why are you saying chew bubble gum first <laughs> Why are you? Why would you be here to chew the gum, bubble gum and kick ass? Oh, what do you oh. mean you're here to chew bubble gum? <laughs> no, he's here to kick ass. Would you announce that? Would you show up and say, "I'm here to chew bubble gum"? Yeah, it doesn't work rhythmically. You're right. Bad line, and it's it's funny because I think the tone of this movie, for some reason, is supposed to be a little. There's like moments of brevity where I do think that the fight is supposed to be funny mm-hmm. in places. Um, like he literally says sorry. <laughs> sure, yeah. And that's funny. Um, when he almost hits, hits him with a two by four. Yeah. Uh I, I think it's a funny movie in places, but it's like doesn't need to be funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like it would be much more interesting if you thought it a little further through and like knew it like I would love 
for someone i mean it would never be able to get made but like i would love for someone who had like a an actual ideology besides america is being taken over by corporations because this is the thing is that the movie proposes that our country has been taken over by oppressors maybe it was always like that but it's really bad now and we should do something about that. And that's true, especially in the eighties. But for someone to have no other plan other than like give more people votes or whatever, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, then it just becomes this like power fantasy with no direction. And I, and I like that it, you could still have it be like Roddy Riper, Roddy Piper finds out about this uh, and then just starts shooting. And that's sort of like the childish thing. Cause that's what happens, you know, like, people who don't know what else to do like there's been cases where people just like alone charge ice facilities and try and blow yeah. them up or whatever and it's like i fully understand the the inclination but it's not going to do anything and what the movie should have done from there has been like no you have to no <laughs> you have to you know because it kind of goes there he goes and meets up with the revolutionaries or whatever right but then there's nothing nothing happens with that they don't really have a plan anymore they're frustrated you're just as frustrated as he is and then the solution ends up being like charge two guys into the yeah into, two guys in, this time yeah, <laughs> into the hornet's nest and then like well it's funny it's like the do group, independence day basically the, the group that they get in with at the beginning of the movie, when we hear them talking, they're just like, if only we knew like some strong guys. Yeah. yeah. We just need two hunks who can hold all these guns. Look at all these guns we have. We need really strong guys to get involved with us. Cause we're all old. <laughs> they're so old. All of them. It's true. And so it's like, I think it takes the wrong once, once you get there, it's the wrong message. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, I, I kind of forgive it though for like, if you want to make a power fantasy about like, you know ending the ruling class like i don't care go yeah. for it but like yeah it's ideologically metaphorically doesn't make much sense to be like actually if you just have a couple of guys go in and blow up the mainframe then capitalism will be over or whatever. right yeah <laughs> it doesn't make any sense you could remake it i think and be pretty good but um yeah i guess i guess really where it comes down on our disagreement because i guess i completely agree with you about like the ideology of it but i think the only disagreement we have is that i think it's more fun than you think it is yeah i think that's fair i think it's i mean i think that it's it's a fun time overall like i don't think and it, and it's a it's a brisk movie it's very it's short 130 it's it's, it's uh it's very short and and Honestly, it feels like it's stretching even to get to the full 90 minutes. And I, and that's why it drags so hard in the end. Yeah. Where it's like, wait, is this is this fight just padding? And, it and, and it like, is. Because there's also <laughs> like at the beginning, there's like a whole sequence of him like walking from the train to get to the work site. There's like a whole thing of him like playing the harmonica by the fire. Yeah. There's there's a lot, fucking of, time. a lot of filler. Yeah. Uh, also, I really hate um, when he goes to the woman's house, mm-hmm. and he, he if the one thing I hate more than well, I don't know how to say this, but a real big pet peeve of mine in movies or anything, any story, is when if you just said, "Hey, put on these glasses," like he's in control. Like they say it in that scene. He, she's like, "You're in control. I'll do whatever you want," and he's like, "Put on the glasses," and she's like, "I'll do it," but if I don't see what you see. 
And then I, I guess the implication is like he doesn't believe in it enough to like make her do it. Yeah. But if he had just been like, here, put on the glasses and she put them on, it would have been fine. Like she wouldn't have attacked him and thrown him out the yeah. window. So like that kind of writing where it's like, unless it was like set up that he's a stubborn asshole who would have said something like, have it your way uh, and put him in his shirt. But even that's just stupid. It's like, just stupid. It's the problem is you've made such a low stakes thing as putting on sunglasses yeah. that you could convince literally anybody to do it any time. Right. And it's like if he didn't know, why wouldn't he just take the box and like start handing it out to people if he like right. cared so much? There's just a- go around town being like, Hey, free sunglasses. Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. Hey, have some free sunglasses. You don't yeah. have to say, Try these on. This is like what can I have them? What try how these much on? I'm, you'll see the world different. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, because that would make people be like, "Oh, this guy's trying to sell me something," or he's crazy. His or whole fucking fight—the thing that makes it so stupid, aside from how long it is—is is that the whole fight is over just saying, "Put on sunglasses." Right. There's no motivation for Keith David to say no. Yeah, exactly. Like you could literally just say, like, you don't have to say, "Put on the sunglasses." They make the world different. You see the truth. Just say. Hey, I have these sunglasses. I think they look really cool on you. <laughs> well, it's like I, it's funny because they, they they almost have it where it's like Keith David is like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm just giving you the money. You're obviously a crazy freak. I want to get away. If he had run, yeah, because he because it seems like Roddy's a crazy guy. If he had just been like bye and then run and then he's like tackling him that would be okay but he they try and make him be like no i won't put on your glasses and it's yeah. like you don't need to do that he's crazy <laughs> and if roddy wasn't a crazy guy he would have just been like put on the glasses i'll never ask you anything more yeah take them just put them on yeah take them on and your own you, time if you see wherever some, you want if you see something crazy come back to me come back i'll be right here yeah Hanging and out. then free sunglasses yeah exactly so it's just like a lot of like little stupid writing things like that because it doesn't really matter and he's so much more interested in the metaphor which yeah. i do appreciate and especially as a as you know especially watching it for the first time it's you know it's open enough and left enough like very not this is about being racist <laughs> you know this is about like identifying the problem as somebody in your circle like it's it's definitely like pointedly at the rich or in the establishment yeah. enough to be like, wow, pretty cool. Boom, move it. And I get why people are like making it this like thing that they project their beliefs on. Cause it's allows you to do that. Yeah. Um, except for all the moments in the metaphor that completely break that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also Shepard Ferry literally said like, it's called obey because of this movie. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, he just took it from this movie. Um, which is funny because it's like, well, wait, what do you think the point of this movie is? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Is it's like, it's like, you at least started if, a brand empire about like consuming. Yeah, like, I don't I, get it. Like, I started this off by saying like the level of insight given in this movie is is on par with like Banksy, and and it's funny that you say that because it's like, yeah, I mean, Shepard Fairey literally based his whole fashion brand around this and, and took like the idea that he took away from this is like cool big logos. word yeah. <laughs> big word on a wall mm-hmm. it's cool i guess yeah. i mean from what i understand i mean i had a friend who knew him growing up and and his whole thing was like i saw they live and like i want to make a point mm-hmm. about that and like i want to make it real or whatever and he like 
understood it a little bit, but now he's just a rich guy. Right. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing with all of that idea of like making people not think about consumption or something? Yeah. Isn't. Doesn't care. Uh, so I think that's the thing is that like movies aren't going to save anybody. Movies aren't going to convince anybody. I think the lesson you take away from this movie is like John Carpenter being the Roddy Piper to like make people see the truth. It's like some people did from the movie yeah, and nobody that doesn't do anything. You got to do a lot of harder work than this. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, but I would say it's still a fun movie. Uh, it's, I would, although, it's funny, uh, Red Letter Media just did a very long thing on Carpenter in, during October, mm-hmm. and uh, they argued about where this goes in his oeuvre. Like, is this a good Carpenter? And one of the people on that show put it pretty low. Um, and I think they made a pretty good argument that like so many of his movies are way more enjoyable to watch yeah. as movies. Um, and this one feels like a mystery science theater movie with extra cool visuals. Yeah. Um, that's what it is right it, is it's it's what what the general thing of this movie like if i was going to give like an elevator pitch for they live i'd say it is a stupid movie that has a kind of cool metaphor yeah and, and great visuals like it looks cool i'd say great visuals but only in like a very short segment <laughs> i mean i i think yeah you only really see that stuff for like one chunk and the really cool visuals the only really really cool visuals are like when he does the like you know sunglasses up sunglasses down and you see the same shot you know two different ways that's cool yeah that's a very cool shot that sometimes i'm not even sure how he did Mm -hmm. that's sick but i mean like otherwise it's not cool like you barely yeah, see you're shit right. otherwise. It's not the whole time. I mean, like, I do like some of the other effects, but they're real small. Like, the watch making the hole in the ground is really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just weird practical stuff. But this movie costs $3 million. Like, it's one of the cheapest movies he's ever made, like, yeah. uh, since Halloween. So it's like, yeah, it's a real low-budget sci-fi that has a pretty okay metaphor. Um, so it's nothing super special. But if you haven't seen it, it's, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Like, I... I if. I don't, I think you're right. And I think maybe I'm, I think maybe before we did the episode, I wouldn't have said this, but I think you're kind of convincing me. It's definitely not anywhere near the, as beloved, it's more beloved than it needs to be. I think because it's, it's, it's a cool thing. And I think the thing is, is it has this fucking, whatever allure it has that came over shepherd fairy mm-hmm. is that it just fucking looks cool in a couple of places and people are like yeah that uh, that's awesome yeah you remember the little bits that look cool yeah. and you don't remember like the endless time <laughs> that they spend on on roddy piper fucking playing the harmonica and shit you and know? watching the tvs with the homeless people yeah yeah i mean but that part i always i still like i just really don't like when they finally get to the 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 spaceship or the the building the mother load or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and that shit looks awful like that stuff looks a lot like it looks like what they're making fun of in austin powers mm. you know <laughs> like it's just like gray walls and just hallways and then like at the end the big beacon looks like it's from the 50s or yeah, whatever yeah, it's yeah. so stupid it's really bad stuff i think um so yeah i i i, I think it's I think if you, I think I would recommend it, and I would say set your expectations 
much lower than they probably are. Like if yes. you've heard about this movie from people Definitely. online. If you've heard anything about this movie, set your expectations lower. Right. <laughs> way, way lower. Because it, even just from listening to this episode, set them lower. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Because if you haven't seen it, it's a fun lo- time. It's a quick one thirty. There's nothing wrong with it. It's 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 mildly it's a well directed nice little sci-fi popcorn flick with an extra cool little like sprinkling of maybe anti-capitalist thought maybe i would say or just like anti-companies like anti-corporations and cops and and sort of cops he does kill the cops he lets some of them go that's true shouldn't have let that guy go shouldn't have let him go (laughs) but if i feel like you it's hard to imagine what it is if not capitalism i guess it's 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 anti-reagan yeah um but it's hard not to see it as anti-capitalism now at least um i think it's i don't know man because i think that it's like it's more anti-oligarch than it is anti-capitalist it's mm. more anti-rich people because if it, if it were to be anti-capitalist it's, it's anti-neoliberalism yeah because he'd have to <laughs> he'd have to present i even think neoliberalism isn't right because he'd have to present some sort of an alternative that's right he'd have to present avoids doing anything else Mm -hmm. anything else at all all he presents to you is these people control us and that's bad right that's all it is really there's nothing about like i'm poor because they're rich i think that no i i think that's there I mean, the, I don't think so. No, because there's humans who can get in with them, who can themselves like. Right, you if, have to if proselytize the yourself the, to the to the aliens. But then you don't become an alien. You know what I mean? Like, if the metaphor was that the aliens are the rich and the humans are the poor, mm-hmm. then humans shouldn't be able to go in. They should be vampires. You know, they should be like something that can turn you into. But them. he says like we can make money, and like he's like, at what cost? And I feel like it's implied at least implied that it's like they're making poor people like they're they're sucking all the resources they literally say they suck all the resources until there are no more right we're just cattle to them yeah i just i don't know if they it's go like, planet to planet and take all the resources yeah it's like that we're they say we're their third world that's pretty specific that's pretty specific i still think i'd call it more anti-corporate than anti-capitalist all right I think it's at least anti-imperial. Sure. It's like, you know, he's sympathizing with the Viet Cong. He's sympathizing with the people who have have these sort of rulers. And then I, this is the thing is that I think if you can, and it, maybe it's just that you can read into it, these things, but I think that's a pretty sophisticated metaphor of like, there used to be people who come and conquered, but now there's people who come and convince you you're not conquered mm-hmm. with the guise of freedom like Roddy Piper has at the beginning where he believes in America and doesn't even realize he, he's conquered. And that's a, pr- I think what's cool about it is that like the metaphor works to describe pretty complex, like, you know, critiques of imperialism and capitalism, uh, that a lot of things don't give you whether a lot he of meant things to, don't, I guess whether what, he meant to or not, I think that's a pretty clever thing to do. I guess what I'm feeling is that like, when it comes down to like recommend versus don't recommend, I think like, <laughs> I think the visuals of that one scene are worth watching. I think you could watch those on YouTube and probably get everything that you need to get from this movie. Cause what I, I really feel that. is that <laughs> when we're talking about this, you know, anti-capitalist, anti-corporate, anti-imperialist, whatever we want to define it as there's movies that do it better. There's movies that do it way better. And 
Are there? I I mean, just off <laughs> off the top of my head, I yeah. think a better avatar. An- I, yeah, <laughs> I think um uh, uh us. I think Us is oh, a yeah. much better anti-imperialist movie than Damn. this. Damn, Us is so underrated. Us is so a- wildly underrated as an anti-imperialist movie. But uh, that movie is crazy about fucking about uh, class dynamics in America, and it's I feel like nobody got it. I mean, even on like a less charitable uh, read of this movie, if I was going with my less charitable one, if it's just anti-oligarch, I'd say that uh, Shooter is a much better anti-oligarch oh, hell movie. Yeah. <laughs> Shooter is a way better movie than uh- this. <laughs> I think, uh, and those are just off the dome. I mean, if I like yeah. had a couple minutes to think about it, I could probably come up with a few more. That's true. Che, the movie Che by che. Steven Soderbergh, literal. Uh, I think um, uh, just this past year, um, Judas and the Black Messiah oh, is, yeah. is really a much better, uh, and they actually kill human cops <laughs> yeah. um, in that one. I mean, those are, those are you know, doc, uh, stuff that really happened. Metaphor-wise, Shooter can't get much better than Shooter. Yeah. Uh, But I think as far as like weird sci-fi goes that are like big metaphors, I feel like you you rarely find... If you want anti-capitalist sci-fi, this is pretty much what you're going to get. As far as I can remember, I feel like I'm forgetting something really important. Yeah. Uh, But I'll tell you next time. Um, Yeah, right in, I guess. I I feel like I'm torn. I I, got to say recommend just because I I do think it's such a fun little thing and I like John Carpenter. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. I definitely enjoy watching it. I've seen it at least twice now. This is the second time I watch it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I, I'm enjoying having it on. It's nothing. It's just nothing special as a movie. It's, yeah. It's not even the, it's not even close to the best Carpenter. It's not getting into my IMDb 250. Absolutely not. So, nope. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I guess I, it's, it's definitely a real, you know, what movie this feels I realized- like a star thing. Like I'd have to give it like, a two and a half or three. Yeah. I realized uh, today that what we could have swapped this out for if we wanted to do like the Reddit sacred cows. Okay. And this just reminded me for some reason uh, <laughs> is the movie Chef with John Favreau. I've never seen that. It's not a big movie. It's definitely not on the IMDb 250. But I realized today because I was looking for movie news for the bonus. And I realized that I think just about every week on Reddit when I do the top uh, this week, there'll be some sort of a post where it's somebody saying like, chef is such a wholesome movie. What? It's like, I can't believe what a feel good movie chef is. I've never heard of this. Movie. It's like beloved among like Reddit losers. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so bizarre. Hmm. Well, we're not doing chef, no, but dude, hey, we already a, did this. Put it on the January list. Yeah, or maybe something. Uh, um. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, okay. Well, I've never seen it. It's all right. Um, all right. Well, that's They Live, everybody. That's They Live. Um, sorry if you love it so much, but I think we're right. I'm not sorry. I think we're right. I'm not sorry. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been Generation Loss, the show about movies with Brendan Jeremy. If you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss. Uh, and there you will find all of the bonus episodes we've ever done, which are generally about the movie news, sometimes about big topics and genres um, or otherwise interesting concepts we've had. Um, you also get Discord benefits where you can hang out with uh, all the other patrons and you can uh, see the movie that we will be talking about on on Monday's episode, the Sunday before, uh, which is a nice little feature. Um Otherwise, 
I'm not posting for the month of December, so don't feel like you need to follow me on no Twitter. No post December. No post December. I am just using DMs, and it's oh, I, that's what it is. DM my, December. My brain is so clean. It would be no no post November. DM December. Yeah, but yeah, you can follow us at Gen Lost Pod. What? What? No post. What? It, if you did no post in it. No yeah. post December doesn't have like a, a ring. Right. It's a DM. It's DM, DM December. Yeah. Feel free to DM me. I will answer. No you. post November <laughs> would be good. Don't DM me actually. Uh, um, I don't care actually. Uh, is that all? That's all we usually say, That's right? That's it, yeah. Oh, okay. Jeremy Thunder, whatever. Oh, yeah. Kingdom Autography, Jeremy Thunder. And we see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.